Good morning, friends. How are we doing today? Great, great, great. Uh, as Glenn mentioned, my name is Jeff Hughes. And I serve as the Connections Pastor here. And if we haven't had a chance to meet, I would love to meet you, to connect with your family, to answer any questions that you may have about getting involved in ministry here at Union Chapel. So I love meeting new folks. And I do want to let you know that Pastor Greg is going to be back with us next week from his teaching break. And he is going to be preaching and sharing something we've been working on as a team for over two years. And so next weekend is one of those don't miss weekends. You've got to be here. It's going to be amazing. Not only will he be back and sharing this information with us as a church, but it'll also be our church picnic, which will happen uh, in the afternoon uh, in those baptisms as well. So don't miss that. Well, today we're going to conclude our series called The Names of God. We've been looking at these different names, the Jehovah names throughout scripture and studying the character of God as these translate and what they mean for us. And so I've been really excited about what our team has put together over the last few weeks. You have heard Pastor Glenn talk about Jehovah Shalom, God our peace. You can go back and see any of these on unionchapel.com or our app. Uh, the second week of the series, uh, July 7th, Pastor Cole talked about God, our victory, uh, which is Jehovah Nisi, God, our banner, our victory. And then last week you heard uh, Pastor Robin, our pastor of church planting, talk about Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I'm very excited about this message this morning. We'll take from Psalm 23, so make your way there as we look at Jehovah Raha or Rohi. Uh, this is translated God or the Lord, our shepherd. And so I invite you to stand to your feet as you're able, as we look at Psalm 23 and uncover what the Lord has to say to us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A very familiar Psalm, Psalm 23, one to six. I want you to touch two or three people on the shoulder and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Go ahead and do that now and then grab a seat. So why sheep? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, why not like a cheetah or a wolf? or something with a little more height, like a giraffe or something, right? Something with a little excitement? No, sheep. We are sheep and God is a shepherd. This sheep shepherd word picture is all throughout Psalm 23. It's also in various places in the text. And I'll be honest with you, I am not a fourth most, fourth right expert in sheep and shepherding, but I've done some research over the last few weeks of trying to understand, like, why would this be the animal that was chosen? What would, why, why would God choose this? And what would it look like if it was something else? And, and I think there's some very specific reasons for why we are called shepherd or why we're called sheep. But think about it. Sheep are actually kind of pathetic. They're not very fierce. They're not proud hunters. 
Listen to this real news story of some sheep. Hundreds of sheep followed their leader off a cliff in Eastern Turkey, plunging to their death while shepherds looked on in dismay. 400 sheep fell 15 meters to their death in a ravine in Van Province near Iran. But they broke the fall of another 1,100 sheep who would follow them who survived. What? Shepherds from a nearby village neglected their flock while eating breakfast. Apparently they went back for a second cup of coffee and they left their sheep to roam free. The loss to local farmers was estimated at $74,000. Sheep are dumb. One sheep wanders off a cliff and 1,499 just follow them. Can you picture this? 1,500 sheep just walking off a cliff one by one by one. Soon they're piled up so deep that at the bottom there's 400 that are crushed to death and then there's 1,100 laying on a downy soft pillow, very thankful for those that went before them, right? It's completely absurd, but it shows us one important fact about sheep. They're not the smartest animals in the world and they definitely need a shepherd. Another reason that sheep need a shepherd is they're directionless. Sheep are prone to wonder and they actually have no idea where they're going. They're kind of like a toddler actually. Any parents of toddlers in the room? Yeah, I see you, I see you there. Your sleepy eyes, yeah, I'm there. Even if you put a toddler in a perfectly fine environment, give them everything they need. They've got snacks, they've got a cartoon, they've got a toy, they've maybe got a sibling. You walk away for 30 seconds to do something, they've wandered away, right? They're gone. And sheep are exactly the same way. Left to themselves, they definitely won't last very long. So, so far we've got dumb, we've got directionless, and they're also defenseless. I mean, just think about it, about any other domesticated animal, you can return to the wild and it will stand a chance of survival. But no, no, not sheep. You put sheep in the wild, you've just given nature a snack is all you've done because they can't fight, they can't run away, they can't scare away. And so what do they do? Well, they flock. And, and the best way to describe that is they run in circles, you know, bleeding this back thing, right? Just hoping that an animal that's coming after them will not attack them and will choose someone else. How pathetic. Dumb, directionless, defenseless. Gee, thanks, God. You know, we really appreciate that you chose this uh, animal that is so amazingly high on the food chain to describe your people. So when God describes that he's a shepherd and we're sheep, It really was not a compliment, but it was really a real assessment of who we are and of what we need. We are sheep completely in need of a shepherd. So knowing that we're sheep in need of a shepherd, there's three things that I wanna look at this morning. You'll see these in your outline. Three things that a good shepherd does. And the first thing is a good shepherd provides for his sheep. You know, it's interesting to me that this is King David who writes this. He was once a shepherd and he wrote the Psalms. And so you see a lot of this metaphoric language that deals with shepherding and sheep throughout that. But in Israelite culture, to be a shepherd was actually a low job. It was very lowly, usually the youngest male and often they would be overlooked by their father. And it's intriguing to me that David, who was also a warrior and a king chose his occupation as shepherd 
to describe us and to describe the relationship between God and us. And I think this is significant because had he chosen from his king occupation, you think about what would a king do? How would a king lead? A king would probably lead by majority. But when you think about a shepherd, a shepherd leads personally. A shepherd steps into the situation and sees what's going on. And it's a personal leadership that he provides in a, in a meaningful way with deep concern and care for every single one specifically. It's an individual care, not a holistic care as the whole flock, but the shepherd leans in and really assesses the needs. Right after the Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23, we see these words, I shall not want. Now, this may not be phrased in a way that we would typically phrase it, but we can learn something here because it's important that Psalm 23 does not say, I shall not need. No, because we can look at Matthew chapter six and Jesus makes it clear that God will provide for all the physical needs that we have. So we shouldn't have to worry about that. Psalm 23, however, is not talking about a want. It's speaking of our desires. It's saying, not only can God take care of my physical needs, he can also fulfill me. He can satisfy my heart to the very deepest longing of our being. God can fulfill us and God can meet us there. And isn't that good news this morning, church, that God doesn't just fulfill our physical needs. He doesn't just put food on the plate, but he can know us to the deepest part of who we are. The longings that we have that no one knows about. God knows our hearts. I can take courage in that. I find hope in that. It's my prayer that you do as well. The Lord is my shepherd. So when we look at this, the the word want in Psalm 23 actually can translate as uh, to lack or to decrease or empty or run dry. So you can kind of take that phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not run dry. I shall not be empty. I shall not want, right? So when David says, I shall not want, he's saying two things that are critical for us. And I want you to grab a hold of these. The first is he's saying there's areas in my life that only God can fulfill. And I will let God and allow God and invite God to fulfill those things. That's the first. And that is super, super important because I would ask you, is that true of your life? Is that true of where you are? The second thing is David is saying, I've made the decision not to desire anything else outside of the scope of what God wants for me. Two very powerful, powerful statements. So in this shepherd and sheep relationship, I can say I'm satisfied. I'm fully known and I'm fully satisfied. I shall not want because God as a good shepherd will ensure that I have everything that I need. It's not because I have it figured out or because of what I've done, but it's because of what he's done. And friends, we should always remember that. I shall not want is about his provision and about his supply and really has very little to do with us other than us just saying, yes, yes, God, I trust that these words are true. I shall not want because I know that God, the good shepherd leans into my life and cares about my needs, cares about the deepest desires and longings of my life. Can we say it all together? The Lord is my shepherd. Let me hear you. The Lord, very good, you're awake. Friends, I think it's critical for us to realize that David did not say this out of a season of abundance. 
It really was not out of his overflow that he was able to say, I shall not want. He was actually in a season of darkness. He was in a valley. And I think that's critical for us to grab this morning because likely somewhere in this room, there's one or two of us that are in a valley, that are in a season of darkness, that feel alone, that feel abandoned, abused by life. And today you can take comfort in knowing you don't have to be in a season of abundance to say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, in your very darkest season, you can cling to and say these words with all truth. And I really do believe that somebody in this room right now needs to grab a hold of that. Don't, don't miss this. Don't, don't move through this message so quick that you're thinking about something else that you miss out the fact that God will satisfy and fulfill the deepest things in your heart. You don't have to be in a season of abundance to say the Lord is my shepherd. You don't have to be in a statement or in, in a season where you say, if, 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 if all these things had happened, well, then, then I'll be in a season where I can say the Lord is my shepherd. No, you can say it today. Because when the Lord is your shepherd and he is, you lack nothing. Let's say that once again. The Lord is my shepherd. Let me hear you loud. All right. The reason we're doing that is because just saying those words is an act of dependence upon him. And so I challenge you that if this is something you're wrestling with, wake up, look in the mirror. And after you go, oh, goodness, you can move on and you can say, the Lord, he's my shepherd. He's going to guide me. He's going to lead me. He's going to provide for me. Well, here's the second point in this message. The good shepherd protects his sheep. Protection is one of the most important responsibilities of ancient shepherds. They lived with, they cared for their sheep. They fed them. They guided them. And it's obvious as we dive in and see a little bit more of the role of a shepherd in the life of a sheep, why God chose that correlation. Did you know that a shepherd wouldn't allow their sheep to just walk up to a ravine and just reach in and drink water out of that, be it a pond or stream or whatever? Because the likelihood of them falling in, drowning and being swished away and dead is very, very high. And so what the shepherd would do is they would get a pail and they would gather that water either from a well or for a stream, from a pond, from an area of water, and they would give that to the sheep. And here's the point with that. You see, the shepherd did this without the sheep knowing. The sheep was likely unaware of where that water in their trough or their pail had come from. They didn't know that the good shepherd was providing that for them. No. And how many times in your life and in my life do we not realize and see that God is providing and he is actively involved in providing and protecting us until later on in life? We get a few weeks, even three months, a year down the road, and then and only then we can look back and we can say, you know that season, you know that week, that month right there, God was really providing and protecting us, wasn't he? Yeah. We can't see it right in that moment. The provision, the protection is there, but often we can't see it until we get further down the road. How many times do we have no idea and we're completely unaware of what God the Good Shepherd is doing behind the scenes to orchestrate provision and protection for us? I think that's a great correlation. You know, a shepherd would often have to lead his flock to these feeding grounds on, on cliffs and ravines. And there would be 
uh, slippery foot, obviously, could uh, take a, a bit of the flock out. They could also be taken out by wild animals that would inhabit the area, like a leopard, an animal of prey. And yet sheep that followed the path that the shepherd had laid out were protected, and they didn't need to worry. Can we just let that sink in for a moment? Sheep that followed the path that the shepherd had laid out don't need to worry. If you find yourself right here in this moment, feeling worried, feeling troubled, perhaps it's that you strayed off of the path that the good shepherd has laid out for you. If you're feeling anxious, maybe feeling fearful, I encourage you to come back to the path. Don't drift, don't wander, come back to the path that the good shepherd has laid out for us. Can you connect with that? Sheep that follow the path of the shepherd do not need to worry. And ancient shepherds' responsibilities not only included protecting and providing for the flock, but there were obviously these head counts that had to go on all the time. I'm sure they probably felt like a kindergarten field trip. One, two, three, four, five. You get to the end and there's always that one kid, isn't there? Literally, there's that one kid. And, and they're, they're wondering, they're gone astray. Well, I think the same thing happens to us, doesn't it? But we can be encouraged that God, our good shepherd, is always looking He's always caring. He's always seeking out. And I love the words of Luke chapter 15. I want us to look at these together. They say, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Let's just pause there. Of course he does. Of course he does. Maybe today, right here in this room, You are the lost sheep. You're in church, but you would say you've wandered, you've strayed off the path. You're not following God. Let's pick up at verse five. And when he, we're talking about God, uh, the shepherd finds this, which can correlate to God. He joyfully puts this sheep on his shoulders. He'd go home and he celebrates. He calls his friends and neighbor together and says, rejoice with me for I have found my lost sheep. That is so good. We can see the similarities But let me ask you this. Have you ever been the one? I've been the one. Yep. I've wandered away. I've drifted from my faith. I've walked on a different path. That's not the path that the good shepherd laid out. And true to this verse, the good shepherd comes to seek and to save all that is lost. You know, maybe right here in this service, you are here because you are the one. Maybe there's five, 10, 20, 50, but one. Because the opportunity to get right and to get back on that path is available to you. Take advantage of it. I love what we see in uh, Psalm 23, verse five, where it says, he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. So digging into this and looking at this a, a little bit more was really intriguing to me. Because it's really easy just to say, oh, that's just figurative language about provision and protection. And it's just about keeping the psalmist healthy. And then we can just move on and we can miss that. But I want you to see something that was very interesting to me. Something you may not realize is that sheep can very easily get their heads caught in a thicket or caught in briars while they're out in the pasture, out in the field. And they can die that way. It happens very, very easily. 
And another thing that happens is gnats, when different bugs will actually go up their nose. Now this is a little gross, but it really goes to the point. So bear with me. And they will lay eggs in the sheep's nose. I know, I know, I know. But what this does is it actually causes the sheep to take their head and to jolt it back and forth and hit against a tree, a bush, a rock. And sheep are very commonly knocked out and killed because there's this torment in their nose by bugs. And so I've got a a picture that we wanna put up here for you. Uh, It'll go up there in just a second of a shepherd anointing a sheep with oil. Because this is more than just figurative. This is truth. The shepherd you see would anoint the head of a sheep with oil because it would protect And it would be a covering over the animal that would keep these flies and bugs and gnats from being on their head. And then, of course, going up their nose, which would what? It would save him from beating his head against a rock to death. And so when this says, he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. Maybe you're in a situation today where there's turmoil, where not, not, Not really, but you're beating your head against the wall. You're beating your head against a rock. You're doing things in your life that are not not good for you, that are harmful for you. And God, the good shepherd says, come here, come here, come here. Let me anoint your head with oil. Because what would happen on the sheep when this happened is there would be immediate peace that would overcome them. They wouldn't get stuck in the thicket. They wouldn't have insects and varmints messing with them they would have peace. Do you need some peace today? You know, maybe you would say, "Uh, not only is my head dry, I haven't been anointed with oil, but my cup is empty. My cup doesn't overflow. It's non-existent. And today what God is inviting you to do is to come to him, to be anointed, to allow these moments of saying, God, I need you. Will you let your favor, your presence, your anointing fall upon me? And so I can live the life that you have called me to do. You know, maybe you're here in in mental turmoil or anguish or worrisome thoughts, or I'm not good enough, I'll never make it, or there won't be enough, or God is not providing, the plate is empty and the mortgage is due. Maybe that is where you are today. Invite the Lord to anoint you, to give you peace in the situation. As you do that, his oil is plentiful. He won't run out. His cup will never run dry. But so often we go to other places, other things, other people, things that have never fulfilled us in the past, but we think in this moment, this situation, I'll go back to that thing when really what we need to do is return to the Lord. Friends, there can be victory in the valley that you're in today. In the darkness that you may be in today, God can shine light that is so, so bright to illuminate the path that he wants you on. Frustration, fear, and failure, they all have to fall They all have to bow at the name of Jesus and favor and provision and faith in God and from God comes when we ask for it. And so I invite you friends to call out to him. May our good, good father anoint your head today with oil so your cup overflows with his blessings. Can we say it again? The Lord is my shepherd, ready? The Lord is my shepherd. Here's the third point. The good shepherd plans 
for his sheep. You know, God's plans for you are spelled out in Psalm 23, 6. And it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, David, the author, he doesn't say maybe, you know, maybe if you're just really, really good, you know, maybe if God wakes up on the right side of the bed, he's in a good mood, then he'll show you goodness and favor and love and mercy. No, no. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. It's not a maybe, but it's as if God has assigned two bodyguards to walk with you all the days of your life. You've got goodness over here, God's goodness, which is his provision and his ability to provide all that you need. And then you've got God's mercy or his love over here, which is his ability and his willingness to blot out and forgive every single sin that you and I have committed, friends. That is good news. So this goodness and mercy, it follows you how long? For just like a month or two? No, all the days of your life. Even when you look like that picture that you posted on Facebook using the Face app, even when you look like that, God's goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Today, maybe you need to realize before you get up and walk out of this place that you're in need of God's love, his goodness, and his mercy. Because he'll give you a fresh touch of that. And friends, I'm so, so thankful for that. There's a plan that the good shepherd has for all of his sheep. And it ends with, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. You know, there are two ways that a person can hear any single message when they sit in a crowd and listen to a pastor preach. Here's the first. The first is information. And information is not bad. Information is I'm writing down notes. I'm getting the blanks filled in. It's information, right? And information has a purpose. But I believe that if we miss the second half of this information that leads to life transformation, then we've missed it all. Because friends, if you just sat in this room today and you heard me talking about animals on a hillside and some sheep and how God protects and provides and has a plan for us and we packaged up our notebooks, we got up and we walked out of here and we lived our lives the exact same way that we walked in, we have greatly missed the point. But if we allow it to be information that leads to life transformation. If we step into the story of Psalm 23, if we see ourselves as sheep in need of a good shepherd, it will change our lives for the better. I've realized something. I've realized there's great power in knowing who we are and in understanding who we are. There's great power in that. There's even greater power in knowing who God is, right? how big and how great and how good. There's, there's an enormous power in that. But the best power comes when, when we take what we know about God and what God says about us. That's where the true power comes from, friends. Today, perhaps you need to realize what God says about you. You need to move beyond a story that is about sheep and animals in a field and need to understand by elevating God and declaring what is true about him and seeing our purpose and our place, but greater than that, seeing what the good Lord says about each and every one of us. So you right now, 
in the last few moments of this message, have an opportunity to say, yep, information is good. That's all I'm getting today. Or perhaps God wants to do something more in your life. Listen to this story. On April 15th, 2004, shepherds caught a Merino male shepherd who had not been shorn in six years. We've got a picture for you. Put that up on the screen if it's not up there. This sheep had hidden in caves and later named Shrek because he hid in the cave like a the fictional ogre from the books and films of that same name. He was caught by the shepherds. He was shorn on professional TV and gained international fame. Listen to this. His fleece actually contained enough wool to make 20 large men's suits. 20 suits were made out of this, this wool. It weighed 60 pounds. Think about that. All because Shrek, the sheep, wandered away from his shepherd and lived hiding in a cave. He carried all of this weight. Let's make a connection. Are you carrying weight today? Do you have something on your back that God did not intend for you to carry? Loneliness, pride, anger, guilt, stress. We all have different things that we carry. It's often because we wander from the good shepherd. We hide. We don't follow the path that he lays out for us. And God is calling some in this room to return to the good shepherd because you're carrying weight that does not belong to you. It is weight that Jesus wants to carry for you. I love the words of Isaiah 53, verse six. I'll put these off the screen for you. All of us like sheep have gone astray, each of us turning to our own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him, Isaiah 53, six. Friends, that is good news. But so many times the weight that God sent Jesus to the cross to carry for us, we pick it back up, we put it back on our shoulders. And today I believe he's calling you to return to him, to say, I need to lay down this weight. I need to lay down this burden. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need to be anointed with oil. God will do that. As the band makes their way up, let me close with this story. There's a story of a shepherd who had a sheep and when it was a lamb, he notched his ear in a specific way of the sheep to show his rightful ownership of that animal. That lamb deliberately walked away, was lost, and the shepherd searched near and far for this particular animal. He wanted that lamb back. He couldn't find it checked all the hillsides, checked the ravines, the valleys. You, you know the verse, we saw it in Luke 15. You leave the 99, you go after the one. This shepherd looked and looked. Long time later, this shepherd is at a sheep sale. Wouldn't you know it, but up on the auction block is that sheep. He knew it because he could see the ear. It was notched in a specific way to show his ownership. He, he tried to stop the auction. He went to the auctioneer and he said, wait, 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 that sheep, he's mine. I did that spot to his ear when he was a little lamb. And then he wandered away. The auctioneer says, no, no, listen, this animal was legally purchased as an abandoned sheep. And so if you want him, you'll have to bid and pay just like anybody else. So you know what he did. The shepherd bid. 
an outrageous price. Yep, yep. And he pays far above market value in order to get his sheep back. Now and only now, he has a double right to own this sheep by birth and by redemption. Friends, that is exactly what God did in Jesus Christ. He bought us back by creation, by birth, but also by redemption, by paying the highest price that anyone could ever pay. An enormous, extravagant price was paid to regain our freedom again because he gave the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, for each and every one of us. Friends, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, paid the price for your redemption. And he wants to lead you to green pastures. He wants to lead you beside still waters, but he won't force you, no. In fact, you must surrender to his kind leadership. And maybe that's exactly what you need to do today. Have you wandered from God? Have you taken a path other than the one that the good shepherd has laid out for you? Maybe you can relate to Shrek the sheep. You're going through life and you're wondering why everything just feels burdensome. Everything just feels weighty and heavy. If you return to the good shepherd today, he will take that weight that you were not intended to carry and he will place it upon his back. Can I invite you today to return to the good shepherd, to take a step towards him? You know, you don't have to be very far off the path to be off the path. It's a lot easier if you're on a hiking trip to realize, oh man, we missed the trail and to get back on the trail sooner rather than later. And the same is true in our relationship with God. There's no shame in that. There's no condemnation in that. There's no fear. And here, this church, we will rejoice in the same way that God rejoices when one, just one, says, I want that anointing of God. I want the favor, the provision, the protection. I wanna realize the plan that God has for me. He cares for you. He's not mad at you. And he longs for you to return home today. Right where you are, will you just bow with me for a word of prayer? And friends, if the words that I pray are meaningful to your situation, that's awesome. That's wonderful. I hope they are. But if they're not, just pray a prayer to the Lord and he'll hear you. God, thank you that you provide for us, that you protect us. Thank you that you have a plan that includes eternal life for each of us. Thank you for the words of Psalm 23 that remind us that you are so, so good to us. And right now I ask that you would hear our prayers. All across this room, there are people who are realizing that they need to lay down and surrender weight that they've been carrying. And so I just ask right now that you would speak to our hearts. For the person right now wondering if they have wandered and strayed too far from you, God, or if you could ever love them, ever forgive them, ever, ever meet them at the point of their need, I pray that the answer would be yes, yes, and yes and that that would be so true in their heart right now. Lord, right now you are seeking and you are saving. Help us to lay down the weight of the world that we so easily pick up and put on our shoulders as if we were meant to carry it. Help us to put it where it rightfully belongs on our Savior's back. Lord Jesus, there are some in this room who need a fresh anointing, a fresh touch, 
And just in the same way that a shepherd would anoint their sheep to provide peace, I pray that you would give us that right now. There are some who are worried, who are facing troublesome times in this room. Right now, if that's you, would you just lift your hand just high enough for me to see so I can pray for you. These hands that are going up right now who are asking for a fresh touch of anointing from you, bless them, cover them. From head to toe, I pray that you would anoint every single one of my friends who are lifted their hands right now, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can confidently say the Lord is my shepherd. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for these words. Now, friends, if you have an ear for that today, will you join together and say amen? Let's stand and sing.